بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the third of May in the year 2023 Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 10th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and I spent the last two sessions highlighting his various roles as the special servant of our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam so in conclusion to this section abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu he would vehemently guard all his various duties and he would not allow anyone to interfere with them so this narration is recorded by imam abu hanifa rahmatullahi in his kitab al-athar number 870 and the chain which is worth mentioning imam muhammad rahmatullahi he relates from imam abu hanifa rahmatullahi who relates from ma'an ibn abdul rahman rahmatullahi sayyidina abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu he once said to us i have not lied since i embraced islam except for one single lie so somebody asked What was the occasion of Abu Abdul Rahman radiyallahu He said I used to saddle the camel for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Once someone brought to him sallallahu alaihi wasallam a man from Taif to saddle up for him who then asked us man kana yurahilu li Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Who is the one who saddles up the mount for Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They responded, Ibn Umi Abd. Thus he came to me and asked, Ayyul rahilati qanat ahabba ila Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Which mount is more beloved to Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I responded incorrectly. The Makkan Ta'if one, i.e. the one which was done in Makkah and Ta'if. However, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only now loved the Madinan mount due to his love for them. Thus, the man saddled it in the Makkan Ta'if way for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who thereupon mounted it. Indeed, it was thus one of the most hateful mounts to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He thus asked, Man rahala hadihi, who saddled up this one? They responded, the ta'ifi man. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereupon said, Murubna ummi abdin fal yurahil lana. Tell ibn ummi abd, radiyallahu anhu ma to saddle up for us. Farruddat ilayyan rahila. Thus the position of saddling the amount was returned to me. So let's look at this. So first, is this authentic report? Everyone in the chain is a mujtahid imam. So what do you think? Imam Muhammad relates from Imam Abu Hanifa, who relates from Ma'an ibn Abdul Rahman, who relates from Ibn Mas'ud. And this shows there's only one person between Imam Abu Hanifa and Ibn Mas'ud. 
So it's a flawless report. So Ibn Masood says something mind-boggling. He goes, I haven't lied since I embraced Islam except once. So the people were shocked because has he lied? So they goes, what was that occasion? And the simple reason he lied wasn't really a lie. It was like kind of a, a white lie. Was his love for the Prophet And he said, I used to saddle the camel for the Prophet Meaning oh, that was one of my roles. But then a man came from Taif and he wanted to saddle. So he asked the companions, Man kana who is the one who saddles up the mount for Rasulullah? The companion said, Ibn Umi Abd. He came to me. And look what he asked him. Ayyul rahilati kanat ahabba ila Rasulullah. Which mount is the most beloved to Rasulullah? This was the fib. So he said, the Makkan Taifun. And he knew that the Prophet after he migrated to Al-Madinah, he loved the Madinan Mount more. So this was the lie he was referring to. So the man did that. Even from Taif, he knew how to saddle. He saddled it up. When the Prophet sat upon it, Ibn Masood said, he hated it. He then asked, who saddled this? So they said, the Taifi man. And then the Prophet said, Tell Ibn Umi Ab to saddle up for this. For Ruddad Iliyan Rahila. Thus the mount was returned to me. So simply put, his one and only lie in Islam was simply due to his intense love for Rasulullah. And his possessiveness over him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon him and forgive us all for his honorable sake. Amen. So think about that. He actually highlighted that and this shows that he didn't want anybody to have that role because he wanted to be with the prophet he didn't want anybody to take that position away from him. and you can you know take it whichever way you wish but he himself said this was a lie but i did this i wanted to keep the role of saddling i.e the the mount for the prophet so moving on to the next section our beloved Messenger Sallallahu deep love for him and his eminent rank. It thus would not now come as any surprise to learn that our beloved Messenger Sallallahu had an immense love for this most illustrious companion and thus his rank was of a truly exceptional level. So let's look at the first touching report. Sayyidina Jabr Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas and Atah radiyallahu ta'ala anhum they all related once when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sat down on the pulpit on Friday he turned to us and said sit down Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu whilst he was just entering the masjid heard this thus he sat down at the very entrance of the masjid Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa saw him and said with a smile, Ta'ala ya Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Come near, O Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Ay, what are you doing? <laughs> Come near. So where is this recorded? 
In Abu Dawood, number 1091 is Hassan Behaki 2-218. Hakim in his Mustadrak 1-283 states Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. Zahabi Sahih Ibn Khuzayma number 1708. Sahih Ibn Asakir Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf 3-211. Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf Kanzal Umar volume 7 page 55. Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar in his Jami Bayan al Ilm number 1633, Mishkat Hayat Sahaba volume 3, page 412 of the New English Translation. So, in this flawless report, Rasulullah, obviously, the steps, there were three or four steps to his blessed pulpit. He sat, and he would sit, and his feet would be on the floor. So, as he sat, he told the companions, sit. So, Ibn Masood just entering. So imagine how the masjid was in those uh, in those auspicious days. Soon as he hears the Prophet say sit, he doesn't go into why, was it for me? Maybe he's only talking to a few sahaba. He immediately sits. Now by sitting at the entrance, you're gonna block, make things inconvenient for others. So obviously he knew that. But what was far more important to him was to obey the Prophet. <laughs> so he sat. So the Prophet his response was simply this Ta'ala, come near, Ya Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Oh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And he smiled. In other words, I understand what you're doing. But it, was, it doesn't mean just say, come near to me. Meaning, you, don't, you, know, you should be near, sitting near to me. <laughs> A similar incident also occurred to the noble companion Abdullah ibn Rawaha. In Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf 3-211, Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar in his Jami Bayan al-Ilm number 1633, Kanzul Omar number 37,170-1, Ibn Katil Volume 3, page 348 of the English translation. Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Layla rahmatullahi he said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Rawaha radiyallahu once heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sit. He thereupon sat in the middle of the road. The Prophet later passed by him and said, What are you doing? He said, I heard you say sit, so I sat, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you in obedience. Oh, Ibn Rawah. So now what's happening? How did he hear the Prophet on the road? Or in the pathway. I'm going to explain this in a bit. Soon as he hears the blessed voice, he sits. So again, he knows by sitting there is going to cause inconvenience. People, you know, imagine they walk and you see somebody sitting on the pavement. What, what are you doing? But this was the companions. They listened immediately to the Prophet. And he just sat there. Now look how interesting. Doesn't mention whether the Prophet, you know, what was the, was it a lecture, was it a sermon, what was he doing, sallallahu alayhi wa All he says was he passed by that way, so how long was he sitting? Then when the Prophet sees him, he goes, what are you doing? He says, I heard you say sit, so I sat. And the Prophet didn't say, you know, you should have realized that didn't mean sit on the pathway. He goes, may Allah increase you in obedience, meaning excellent. In a slightly different report. Abdul Rahman ibn Abu Layla rahmatullah said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Rawaha radiyallahu once came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi at a time when he was delivering a sermon. Please sit, said the Prophet during the course of the sermon sallallahu alayhi Abdullah ibn Rawaha radiyallahu immediately sat down 
where he was outside the masjid. And he remained seated there until the Prophet had completed the sermon. When this was reported to Rasulullah, he said to Abdullah ibn Rawaha, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase your desire to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his message. This is in Behaki in his delight in Nubu'ah 6-257, Ibn Asakir, Al-Isaba volume 2, page 306, Kanzal Omal volume 7, page 52, Al-Bidayah, Hayat Al-Sahaba volume 3, page 411 of the New English Translation. Was this the same incident? Allah Ta'ala knows best. But if it was, it adds details. It was a sermon. The Prophet Sallallahu is told about Ibn Rawah. And then he goes to him. And the Prophet said, May Allah increase your desire to obey Allah in his message, meaning excellent. <laughs> this happened more than on one occasion. <laughs> Our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha Radiyallahu said, Rasulullah sat on the pulpit one Friday and he said to the people, Please sit. <laughs> Abdullah ibn Rawaha heard him from Bani Ghanam. This is a branch of the tribe of Khazraj, and he sat down where he was. <laughs> Someone thereupon reported this to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, there is Ibn Rawaha who sat down where he was when he heard you tell the people to be seated. Because you can't see him because he's, he's, because he's sitting, you know, where the, at the Bani Ghanam. You know, this is like five, three hundred, four hundred yards away from the pulpit. Because he's sitting there. This is in Tabarani in his Ausat, Abu Nu'im, Ibn Asakr, Al-Isaba, volume 2, page 306, Khasa'isul Qubra, volume 1, page 66, Kanzul Umal, volume 7, page 51, Al-Hatami in Majma Az-Zawa'id, volume 9, page 316, comments upon the chain of narrators, Ayat Al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 412 of the New English Translation. So now, a few things. Note that our beloved Messenger, Wasallam's command was directed to those who were present. However, the perfection of good manners on the part of Abdullah ibn Rawaha necessitated he complies. <laughs> With regards to the question, how could Abdullah ibn Rawaha have heard our beloved messenger's voice from such a long distance? So obviously, this is well before the time of microphones and speakers. So how did he hear his voice? You know, like for example, if I was to ask you now, a person is doing a khutbah here and you heard his voice on Balfour Road. How are you hearing his voice? This was one of the endless miracles of our beloved messenger. How do we know? For on the same theme with regards to his sacred voice, our beloved messenger's voice would carry. Abdul Rahman ibn Mu'ad said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa once addressed us in Mina and our hearing was miraculously opened up so much that we could hear what he said whilst we were still in our dwellings. This is in Nasai, Abu Dawud, Ahmad and others. So this was probably during the Hajj. 100 plus thousand companions. So obviously how are you going to carry the voice? Because we were in our tents and it was as clear as if we were sitting next to him. Because all our ears opened up. Similarly, Barara said, Rasulullah used to deliver the sermon to, to us in the sacred masjid in Nabi. And subhanallah, 
the women in their dwellings were able to hear his sermon. <laughs> this is in Behaki Abu Nu'in, Khasa'is Al-Qubla, volume 1, page 66. So now, think about that. how many miracles were taking place. And you, if you look at these reports, you get the impression that this was something normal. <laughs> you know, you don't get any impression that the Sahab was, SubhanAllah, we heard his voice. You know, that's what we say because, you know, we don't experience anything like this. They're relating it as if it's normal. <laughs> Is we heard it in our tents, we, the women would hear it because in the marketplace they would hear his voices. So Abdullah ibn Rawaha, he also heard it. Mm. Though he was so far away from Masjid al-Nabi and immediately he sat down. Mm. And the other thing to point out here is, there's a huge lesson there for us. Did the Sahaba start going into fix? <laughs> and this is what people do. So a person who has true love for Rasulullah if he knows the Prophet said it, mm. he wants to get it into his life. Mm. Of course, the fiqh is very important. But didn't Ibn Masood and Ibn Rawah, weren't they fakis? Mm. Why did they immediately sit? And the Prophet didn't rebuke them. He didn't say, look, this will cause confusion. He praised them. Mm. May Allah increase you in your obedience to him and his message. And I was interested. The Prophet didn't say, may Allah Ta'ala increase you in my obedience. Because may Allah Ta'ala increase you in Allah Ta'ala's obedience. Why? Because obeying Rasulullah is like obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ibn Masood who did it at the entrance of Masjid al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And Abdullah ibn Rawakha maybe on a few occasions. But the holy voice of the Prophet would carry. This was another miracle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So all I mentioned today was I wrapped up the subsection with regards to the sacred duties, the nine duties of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu and I mentioned that he in his once, only once in his blessed life did he lie and that was because of his love for the Prophet and of course this is something that we can expect Allah to overlook. It was out of his intense love that he didn't want to lose a role that was given to him by the Prophet and then I mentioned uh, now the report where the Prophet had a great love for him. And it's very important to highlight that he asked him to come near. Why? Because he wanted the learned people to be near him. When he prayed, he would say, those of you who are most learned should stand behind me. So the wisdom is if the Imam makes a mistake, the learned would correct him. If the learned are in the rear rows, they can't correct, but they're going to have to shout. So there's obviously obvious wisdom why they should be next to the Imam. And also there's another report to finish. The hadith is in Tabarani. A man came to the Prophet and he was asking about paradise. <laughs> so he wasn't, wasn't asking for much. And the Prophet told him to do certain things. He goes, anything easier, Ya Rasulullah. He goes, do the azan, anything easier. He goes, and then one of the things he told him was, stand behind the imam. <laughs> so when you actually stand directly behind the imam, that in itself is such an awesome deed. Yeah. It's worthy of paradise. The Prophet was highlighting, but of course, he must have been a deluded person as well for the Prophet to have said this. Are there any questions if you like to ask?